All right. Well, it's time for a very special high five on this uh, lovely Beyond Synth high five. Because on this high five, we have a guest DJ this week. Now, how do you want to be on this? Are you Joe Esposito or are you Joe Ozone? No, oh, that's fine. I really don't care. I've, I, I don't care. Well, then pick one. You could just say Joe Esposito because that way if people search my artwork, it'll come up because that's what's on the artwork. So we can do that. Well, I'm here with Joe Esposito. Now, when we did the Beyond Synth curated bundle on groupies one of the well the top prize people could uh, choose what they wanted to pay and obviously it was a great deal for people because they got like 12 albums for four bucks but if you wanted to pay a little extra uh, there were some bonus prizes for the top people and joe was the top person and besides getting some cds and some merch and stuff from the artists uh, i also said that whoever did that would get to come on and uh, co-host an episode of high five and so that's what this is Correct. A winner is me. Now, we should point out that someone tried to beat you at the last minute. Yes. Uh, yeah, somebody did buy $3, which is kind of like the price is right, where the person says 501 or 300, 301, 302. And I was like, mm, no, you got to do better than three bucks. Not to mention, for 12 albums, because my normal thing is, like, if I buy an album, it's 10 bucks an album, unless it's one of those, you know, three or four track ones, and then it's less. So honestly, it was still a deal no matter what. I mean, that's what I pay for albums as a standard, because that's just kind of the rate. So I still got basically almost half off so it really didn't matter yeah and you got a bunch of like uh, actual things right yeah yeah i got three cds have already come from uh, electric dragon i'm just not used to getting cds anymore because i buy everything almost everything digitally unless it's like when they do their uh, super deluxe releases for certain older albums like the Soundgarden one or stone temple pilots those i bought because they're expensive and they do all this shit for them but i'm just used to buying everything through Bandcamp. you get it digitally and it's you know in flack anyway so it's just as good and so to get something and unfold it it's nice trifold there's nice artwork and you know it's sweet because i don't buy a lot of physical even though it's stupid not to unless you download it you don't want to leave your stuff in the cloud the cloud's dangerous kid my thing with the cloud because i guess i have some because i've got like a gmail account and you have you've got some storage space there and i use a i have a dropbox with two gigs or something i never i never paid money for it i don't care if the files aren't personal in the cloud like if it's like fucking music or whatever like i'm thinking i'm fine with that i just wouldn't put personal information in there in that cloud don't get me wrong i i'm the same way i have you know box account dropbox account like you said gmail the Bandcamp stuff is technically in the cloud when i'm streaming it but i also always download a copy and throw it onto uh you know i have a little external drive and anything that's of value goes on that drive and sits in a drawer where nothing can touch it and that way if something happens or that cloud storage disappears it's like with photos if it's not in three places it might as well be nowhere so you always want to have multiple copies of stuff but like you said i kind of rely on the cloud anyway because it just everything is like that but it's nice to get you know a pack of cds and go oh look at that you know feel it physical there's a smell to new cds you know that new box smell or whatever it's nice i got you well look what uh, makes you know the high five a special thing is that the the guest dj can pick uh five tracks and so you have picked five tracks to play have what's your first one first one uh the track is called sputnik it is off an ep called computer center the artist's name is i don't know if you're supposed to say r-i-t-m-2 or rhythm 2 i'm guessing it's rhythm 2 from russia a little international flavor for you tonight so uh that's track number one sputnik
And that was R.I.T.M. 2 with the track Sputnik. And that was Joe's first pick this week because uh, we're doing a very special high five with guest DJ Joe Esposito, artist. <laughs> Should be called DJ OCD because I was so neurotic about picking all these tracks. I had such a strict guideline set for this thing. What was your methodology? Well, I mean, because you have, you have Julian, you have Marco, and they cover way more than I ever could. So I'm like, okay, don't do any big names. They're going to get the big names, which sure enough, I did have one. One where Julian grabbed phones by Mechameko, so I had to replace that one, although that worked out. So I'm like, okay, don't do anything too old. So everything but one is October 1st or later. And then I have another note here, catchy but non-overused artwork, because I'm like, well, everybody's going to go for the stuff that everybody associates with Synthwave. So that's, again, you're going to play that. They're going to play that. Try to do something a little different. And then at least two artists Andy has never played on the show, which I actually managed four out of these five, according to your database, which you can find at BeyondSynth.com, you have never played these artists as far as I know. I was really surprised. So that was kind of it. That was kind of where I was going. I was trying to do vocals, although that fell through because I'm not really a big vocals guy in electronic, but I know people listen to different stuff. So I was like, try to stretch a little bit. I tried. Yeah, man. You know, you're doing all right here because I'm just looking at your list here. So who haven't I played? I think all but the one. I did searches. I went to your website for every one of these, and I'm like, search. And only one came back that's still on the list. Occam's Laser? Yeah, that's it. I've never played Dreamweaver before? Check it, unless I've got it wrong. Let me check my super secret uh, Excel spreadsheet. Oh, you know what it is? Because I used to use the damn Dreamweaver software. Ah. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of in my head, the the web web building software. There you go. Building that web. Oh, God, that was a terrible program, too, wasn't it? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I used it to build the first... Beyond Synth's website, and it was very basic. I was just doing, like, tables and stuff. Like, I didn't really do anything advanced or cool. That's functional, but it's garbage. I think I needed Dreamweaver to tap into, like, it connected with WordPress or something. Yeah, it did have a lot of connectors, because at one point, Dreamweaver was, they thought, was going to be the standard software of yesteryear, back before everything was a cloud service, when you downloaded software and ran it from, you know, a disk. The cloud is one of my favorite euphemisms, considering that it's literally code for for a warehouse with uh, fucking shelves full of hard drives. That's it. Like, the fact that it's called the cloud, it just makes it sound, like, so nice, and meanwhile, it's, like, a, just a fucking bunker somewhere in, like, the middle of no place. I think I had a friend... I do. I, I have a friend who's a, an electrician, and he worked on one of those cloud storage places. Oh, sure. I've been in them. Yeah, it sounds dreary. He said it was just, like, a like a warehouse full of hard drives, and then there were some beds for nerds. It's miserable. Going into a large-scale data center is going to be one of the most depressing things. I mean, they, they parried it on Silicon Valley, the HBO show, and it was very close to accurate. The only nice part about it is it's cold. I like it cold. It's freezing in most of these because you have to run a lot of air to cool all these servers down. Hmm. So that part's great. I mean, we have a data center at my job that's certainly not large, but I'll just go in there and I'll just stand under the fan for like five, ten minutes when it's when it's warm in the summer. But the big ones, they're basically like mausoleums that are noisy because it's just rack after rack of blinky lights and fans going all the time and nothing else. Is there beds for nerds at the data center that's near you? The one that I went to when we were using an offsite one at one point, which was about 40 minutes away, they had a room, and you could actually sleep in there. And that room looked like a prison cell. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it was. These things can't go down, because so much relies on these centers. It is both what makes them amazing, 
and really kind of scary because, I mean, now you have co-location. You have it where most data centers are, are replicated on both sides of the country, that type of thing. But still, you know, you're in this room and you realize that there's probably 40 to 50 companies that rely on this data center being up, especially if they can't afford the duplicates of the, the second center. So if those go down, that company is hosed and you could do it with a flick of a switch. You could throw a drink on this thing and it would blow up and that company's gone. And that's a weird feeling when you're in one of those rooms and you start to kind of think about what that room is doing. Well, I'll tell you what we're doing now, man, is uh, is you got to play me more music. Okay, I'll give you a second track here. This is an Italo disco. It's both the name of the album and the track. Artist name is Lifelike. And I actually found this because I went to Vincenzo Salvia's because I was getting lost for a while. I'm like, I'm not finding anything. I'm not finding anything. So I went to his page and then went down to little keywords on the bottom. And I'm like, oh, Italo disco. Let's see what I can find. And I found this track. Again, artist name is Lifelike, and the track name is Italo Disco.
right, and that was Italo Disco by Lifelike. He's one of the OGs of the uh, the synth scene, although I've never had him on the show, but there's a lot of people who cite Lifelike as their inspiration. He's been uh, making tunes for a long time. Maybe one of these days I'll approach him. Usually I use my database, too, so I'll go to that and go like, is there an artist who I've played like so many of their tracks but never had on the show as a guest, you know, so I already know that I like a lot of their music, and so sometimes I'll do that. There's some artists who like, you know, I've played their music like six or seven times, but I've never actually like talked to them. There's a lot of stuff out there. That's, I think Marco, I remember he was saying, how do people say there's no new music? Holy shit, there's so much music. It's unbelievable at times. Like, no, there's just a lot of negative Nancys out there. They like to complain. Yeah, it is kind of funny that somebody could realistically say at a point where any artist can post their stuff in seven, eight different avenues that there's no new material. I mean, then you're not really looking. There is new material. Maybe you don't like it, but that's a completely separate thing than saying, oh, nothing ever coming out. Bullshit. A couple of Google searches. There's tons of shit. No, there's a ton. And I mean like the Beyond Synth database at beyondsynth.com. There's like over 950 entries now. Yeah, yeah. That's the other thing I feel bad about because obviously I want to have everyone on the show and talk to people. And I just did the math. Like even if I do 50 shows a year and I have a new guest every episode... It would take me, what? What's 950 divided by 50? That's um, that's like almost 20 years of shows? Yes, yeah, something like that. To talk to everybody? Like, so, yeah, man, it's a lot of stuff. That's when you get your staff in place and you've hired your uh, your remote correspondents and you have your, uh, your video producing segments and everything. You'll be set. Oh, that'd be awesome. Although, you know, the 20-year thing, that takes you to retirement. I assume, I, I don't know what the retirement age is in, in Canada. I, it's probably less than the United States. Uh, well, I mean, I would do this forever, I think. Yeah. I don't know why I would stop unless I lost my voice or my brain. It would be nice, wouldn't it? Just to be able to do what you like forever. I'm a modest man, you know? Like, I don't require too lavish of a thing. Like, if I just could coast along and just make enough to, like, pay bills and do that as a job, I, I would uh, I would do that. Oh, but I, I mean, I have, I've got aspirations to do other things, but... Yeah, all I need now is a bathtub to cook the math in, and then, uh, then I'm set. Be careful with that, man. Those things blow up. Yeah, I heard. There's been a couple that have blown up not too far from where we live. It's kind of like... And I've heard the boom of it. I'm like, oh, meth lab? Sure enough, next day, meth lab. When they blow up, like, I don't even know the reaction that, like, why that happens. I don't know enough about cooking meth. I apologize to the listeners. I have not done my research on cooking meth, but I think it's just literally that the chemical reaction for it is delicate, and when you're a tweaker, you tend to get sloppy. And so, you leave something literally cooking for too long, and it will detonate. It's basic chemistry that meth heads can't do. Like, you have to heat things, and it has to be somewhat precise, and when you don't do it right, chemicals don't like being pissed off, they react, and they detonate. I don't know if it's always an explosion like a bomb, but it can be like that, depending on, because there's pressure involved. What a way to kill your buzz. Like, if you're already tweaking out, and you're, like, cooking drugs, and your fucking house explodes... Right. That'd be a very startling situation to happen to someone who's, like, in the middle of fucking tweaking. Who's already fucked up? Yeah. Not to mention, it's like, you can't deny it when the cops show up, can you? I mean, what are you going to say? It's not like where you could try to throw the weed out the car like some people do and be like, what? I was just smoking a cigarette. No, no, no. Your house blew up. I just picture, like, a Warner Brothers cartoon where you just, like, sweep up the dust. You know, like Wile E. Coyote holding, blackened and holding up a little sign that says, whoops, lab exploded. Yes, that'd be amazing. Uh, speaking of meth, what, uh, that's, uh, sorry, I'm not good at uh, transitioning. Uh, play me more music, Joe Esposito. All right, let's, uh, I'm sure that this artist is referencing the web form program we were talking about earlier. Artist's name is Dreamweaver, another Russian track. The name of the track itself is Party Later from the album 
album, also called Dreamweaver. And that was Party Later by Dreamweaver, Joe's third pick this week, special guest DJ Joe Esposito. Esposito. Ciao tutti! Come stanno stasera? Does that mean hello? Uh, that was hello everybody. How is everyone this evening? Do you speak Italian? I don't speak it very well. I can read it almost Fluently. When I was very young, I actually spoke because my grandparents only spoke Italian. So when I was very young, that's how they talked to me because I stayed with them. Both my parents worked. And so they would only communicate with me in Italian or Italian English to a degree, but they really didn't know many, very, very many words. And so when I was younger, yeah, I could speak it and understand it very well. And then I got older. They died relatively young. And so my dad didn't really speak it because he only was used to talking to his parents and that everybody else spoke English. It sort of went away. And then two and a half years ago, 
I really started to want to learn it again. So I've been using this Duolingo app, this free learning app, and I've been trying to kind of get myself back into it. It's tough to get fluent speaking when you don't have somebody to talk to regularly, but you can get good at reading it because you just start recognizing sentence structure. Because, you know, in English, you'll say, I'm feeling well. Well, in Italian, you're saying, you know, well is how I'm feeling. So everything's reversed or a lot of it's reversed. So it's very tough to go into thinking that way when you're speaking. You have to really deliberate on a lot of stuff and, you know, but I want to learn it because at one time I knew it. It's a beautiful language. What's the uh, spaghetti situation over there at the Esposito household? It is often and excellent. My favorite type of sauces, because I know everybody's interested in this, are vodka sauce or like a creamy Parmesan sauce. Those are really good. Those are probably the top two sauces that I'll make when I'm making any type of pasta. Although I don't use spaghetti a lot because it, it tends to be very messy. I, I like rigatoni's really good. Penne's very good. Those are sauce holding pastas for anybody who's not familiar. So different pasta goes better with different types of sauces, depending on how you're using it. a thicker sauce. You want something that can really grab it. Rigatoni is good for that because there's grooves in it. It's got that nice hollow center. So you can get the sauce in there. You get almost like a pasta cream puff, except with sauce type of thing. But once, twice a week, I make pasta. I love making pasta. It's fun. You got to send me some recipes. Sure. I can send you some. It really isn't hard. Because whenever I make spaghetti, for some reason, I really like... The way whenever I eat like a a spaghetti bolognese sauce from like the restaurant Mm. and I would always be like, why is there sauce always this consistency and why can't I get that in my own spaghetti? And I realized what they were doing, what I've never done, which I started to do is to use a food processor. Yeah. What you're doing is when you break it down, you get more infusion from flavor. There's a lot of that type of thing. Yeah. That was my mistake for years. Like I only learned this like the other day because I wanted it to be like the restaurant. Like we had this Italian restaurant near where we live and they're just so damn expensive expensive. Whenever I would eat there, I'm like, it's not like this spaghetti is super gourmet. There's just something about it. And I've been trying to like replicate it. Homemade pasta can add something, but a lot of people make sauce with oil. I like making it with butter as a butter base. I have found that works better. Your tastes can diverge from, you know, a person going to a restaurant, have this thing and love it. The other person could say, no, it's too much this. So it's really just a matter of trying a, a bunch of different sauces. There's only one sauce that I take any long amount of time with. Vodka sauce, I will, I will simmer that for about two and a half hours. That's it. Every other sauce you can make in a very short amount of time, you just got to season it properly. Like I said, people get Food Network shit, making it into like it's some kind of religious experience to make fucking food. It's not. You just have to figure out what your taste base for for want a better term is and then you can you can figure it out this is not rocket science if i can do it it ain't rocket science yeah man well how about this you know what else is it rocket science is being able to choose our next track and it's called hmm. the rapture from the album occult 89 by the artist called occam's laser
right, and that was Occam's Laser with the track The Rapture. Oh, hold on. Do I got a cough? Go for it. <coughs> That's my Halloween pick for this episode. That's the closest I came to a Halloween-y track. Cool, because Halloween just happened last week, or this week, Yeah, depending on when this airs. I don't know when this is going to air, so this is either after Halloween or before Halloween. It's in the proximity, so good enough. Yeah, it's uh, one of the two things you can be in relation to Halloween, either before or after. Or on. Yeah. It could be on Halloween. It could be, but I doubt it. Well, you have kids, so you must do Halloween. We go out, but I just don't care. I mean, like, I do eat his candy. I'll tell you that. Maybe our kids are a little bit spoiled or something's different. But, like, for me, you know, my dad was always into health food and stuff. And so Halloween was a big deal. And I'd collect, like, pillowcases full of candy and I would eat all of it. My son seems to get bored of it. I think that's just because we have snacks around the house, so candy isn't as exciting to him as it was for me. So honestly, there's a point where for the first day, and his bucket's out, and he's like picking candy out of it. And then like a few days later, we might be like, look, you're eating too much candy, and I'll put the bucket on top of the fridge or something. And then literally within like a day, he's forgotten about it, like it's gone. And then from that point on, I eat all of it. I mean, that's what happened last year. It's like he literally forgot about his candy, and then I ate it. I'm a great dad. Hey, whatever. You're looking out for his health. That's okay. Yeah. I mean, I think just Halloween is somewhat different now. It seems like kids age out of it faster. Because I remember, I wasn't old, but I remember going and it was a whole party, man. You were out to like 11, 12. You're walking around. It was a good time. It's weird how much more the kids like video games like than real life. I mean, mm. I love video games and I love video games when I was a kid. Sure. But there was still this separation of video games and real life. As much fun and as much as I love them. And obviously, to this day, right, there's games I still talk about from decades and decades ago. But I still make the distinction where it's like, kids, honestly, it's like, if my son could play Minecraft and Fortnite all the time, he would. Well, that's partially because those games are engineered to make you want to play. I mean, it is different from... If you look at video games the way they are now, they are such a different thing than when you and I were younger. When you would buy a game, you had the complete game, and you could finish some games in, depending, like a couple hours. That's it. Done. Now it's, you know, like especially with Fortnite, that type of thing, they're trying to get you to keep playing and, you know, ideally spend some money. And now all the games are these live games, this bullshit where they want you to have a roadmap and you're going to play forever and, oh, just uh, buy the season pass and the battle pass. It has become less of an entertainment avenue as opposed to an engagement and monetization avenue. That's what they're after. They want you to never stop playing and ideally be so desperate to keep playing that you will spend some money to do something or, you know, oh, this guy's got this, so you need to have this. And it is a far different thing than when you and I were younger and you were playing a game from beginning to end and that was the game and generally you would forget about it and that was it. Like that, you didn't play, unless it was multiplayer games, something like GoldenEye or something like Quake or a game like that, but even those had like limits to them. You didn't, I mean, I remember playing Quake in college for hours, but you would stop and go hang out and watch a movie in between, but I I think that's partially the games. They're, They're engineered that way and they know how to get kids hooked. Fortnite is the worst. The way that they time everything There's like these daily events and then there's like these big events and there's a countdown and it's like the kids feel like they miss out if they don't take part in the event. Yeah. And and the events are dumb. And I mean, like two weeks ago, 
they did this event where it just fucking turned into a black hole for two days. Right. I kept seeing that pop up. And they're like, the people are fascinated by a giant black hole. And I'm like, and it was just because the, the world blew up and I guess they were restructuring the map or something. But it was like, my son would just keep loading it back up and looking at the black screen. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, crackhead. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's no game there right now. Like, there's nothing. Yeah. Anyway, look, how about this? Why don't you give me your pick of the week? This track is unbelievable. I have loved this track ever since I first heard it, which was a while ago. This has got to be, depending on the week, it's either the, my, the, my favorite synthwave track ever or in the top three. It's by an artist named, I think it's Arcus. That's how I'm pronouncing it. The track is titled Census from the Census EP. It is fucking amazing. Enjoy it right now.
And that was Senses by Arcus. Fucking love that song. And that was Joe Esposito's pick of the week. Special guest DJ. You've made some nice selections this week, Joe. Well, thank you. What should people know about uh, Joe before I hang up on you? Is there something you want people to know? Sure. There's really two things. One is that I do a little podcast where uh, my co-host and I just ramble about shit for an hour or two. Usually there's a movie review in almost every one because I have found great joy in finding crappy movies and, and reviewing them. You can find that over at OzoneNightmare.com and then you can uh, view my artwork as well. You can find all the links to all the different avenues for that at Ozone Art Foundry. I draw stuff here and there. I put some of it in the uh, Beyond Synth Discord as a matter of fact. There's a little promo for your Discord for people who aren't aware. Mm. Andy has a Discord for the show. Discord. What's the latest good, bad movie you've watched? I just watched a great one called Robo Vampire. It's on Amazon streaming, so I was basically, it came up uh, and I looked at it and I'm like, this is a RoboCop ripoff because it is literally the artwork they ripped off RoboCop. But the vampire part intrigued me. And I watched it and it is horrific, but man is it entertaining. It's in Hong Kong somewhere and their version of vampire, and this might be a cultural thing, They what they call vampire I call a hopping zombie. And so RoboCop in a cheap $10 RoboCop suit is fighting these hopping and they have their arms stuck out like Frankenstein's monster. I don't know why. And they hop at him and he slowly lumbers at them with terrible sound effects and then they do Kung Fu with like Bruce Lee Kung Fu sound effects and then they're fast. Like they move real slow until they fight and then suddenly they speed up. And it is a train wreck but it is amazingly entertaining to watch. I would really recommend it. It's garbage. But man, oh man, there is something so compelling about it because it's just so weird and wild and bonkers and different that I had a blast with it. Well, I like the title. That's a great title. Yeah. And the the best character in it is the shaman who creates the quote-unquote vampires. He is a riot. He's clearly aware of what movie he's in. He's a better actor than the movie deserves. And he always is just kind of looking at the camera with this half smirk going, really? We're doing this now? Okay, sure. And does a bunch of fighting, gets thrown through walls, a lot of environment destruction, nice little stunts here and there. It's great. Cool, man. So that's Joe Esposito's movie recommendation. Go see Robo Vampire on Amazon Prime. Yeah. And goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, look, thanks for coming on, and thanks for being the top guy on the, the Beyond Synth Groupies bundle. Uh, it was uh, tense there when that one dude tried to beat you. You know, that was good. The bundle was a success, and uh, a lot of people got some uh, some good music, so that's... Uh Everybody wins. It was a great bundle. It was it was a good assortment. You did a great job putting it together. I'm going to give myself a pat on the back. Well done, Andy. You did a great job. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway. Look. <laughs> listen. Have a lovely life, and thanks for your picks this week. And uh, people can go to uh, joeozone.org. Yeah. Go there. Now I have to register that. Thanks. Yeah. Go there. Yeah. Go to joeozone.net. <laughs> Shit. Uh, backslash uh, ozone. Garbage file. Dot org slash Joe. Dot edu dot net dot TV. Yeah. It's an address that just rolls off the tongue. And you have... Uh, sure. You have a lovely time and we'll uh, keep on saying we're going to talk to you soon, but we probably won't talk to you soon. But uh, I mean, I'll probably talk to you personally, but... Sure. Yeah. You know, I'm bad at saying goodbye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smooth ending. Arrivederci, everybody. <laughs> Get out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Bye. Thanks for
If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it by going to patreon.com slash beyondsynth or visit beyondsynth.com and click on support the show. Beyond Synth is made possible by the awesome Patreon supporters. Don't forget to follow Beyond Synth on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Live broadcasts can be heard weekly on Twitch at twitch.tv slash beyond underscore synth. Have a lovely week.